Hello and welcome to episode three of the FIA World Rallycross Championship support. <laughs> Shall I do it, Neil? Hello and welcome to episode three of the FIA World Rallycross Championship presented by Monster Energy. Hello and welcome to episode three. <laughs> I've not even had a beer. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode three of the FIA World Rallycross Championship presented by Monster Energy's official podcast. You find us at the end of an amazing weekend in Riga, Latvia, um, where I've literally just been handed some champagne by Yusuf Pinamaki um, because we're in the tent of Olsberg's MSE, um, who have just done, had a speech celebrating the amazing victory, championship win for Cyril Raymond in RX Lights. We'll talk a bit more about that later, but joining me is Andrew Coley, commentator on World RX and next to him is David Binks, uh, amazing rallycross driver. You might remember him from his huge crash in Vegas a few years ago. Also been in the World Rallycross Championship himself, who was co-commentator here this weekend. And how nice, fellas, to be here, to witness that moment almost by accident here. Yeah, the right place for David Binks as well. It used to be Gronholm's teammate, of course, Gronholm Jr. in here too. You can hear the team laughing, everyone celebrating. Uh, Cyril Raymond actually winning the uh, winning lights, as you said. And We've got a bit of champagne, Neil. That's great for me because all I've done all day is drink tea because of my terrible voice. Now I'm having sneaky champagne. Um, about your voice, uh, you you coped admirably today, but it was a it was a, a touch and go thing, wasn't it? And the way that everyone's kind of rallied around you, kind of go and have an early night, Andrew Coley. Have some hot water with lemon in it, Andrew Coley. And all the different remedies everyone's tried to give you just to make sure the broadcast is good. I wanted to have um, uh, a Latvia black balsam, which I was told was medical and good for my throat, but Matt, the producer, banned me from having any alcohol. I didn't dare disobey. Yeah, I, I felt pretty terrible most of the day. Everyone's been brilliant, including David Binks next to us, and, and we've actually we've had a cracking day's action. Yeah, there were a couple, there were too much action. The boys nearly went in the EuroRx final, but yes, yeah, been a been a brilliant weekend. Well, you guys were in the uh, not particularly warm or dry commentary uh, position up on the spotter's tower, but I was out in the, getting the worst of the rain and the wet and the cold, having been in the sunshine yesterday, a very strange weekend weather-wise. Um, coming up in the show, interview with uh, Sebastian Loeb, who of course won here this weekend, an interview with Timo Scheider, and hopefully uh, here in the tent, because it's his home tent this weekend, we should be joined by Arenas Nittish. Thanks for downloading this episode, of course. Remember, uh, if you like it, please leave a rating, because then um, it helps other people to join our pod gang. So, let's talk about Loeb's win. First of all, David Binks, how impressed have you been uh, with Sebastian Loeb? Yeah, I mean, all year he's been hunting for a win, hasn't he? And he's, he's had some rotten luck throughout the season. Um, but, you know, today he got some clean runs in the qualies and uh, to put it on, on pole and uh, get a good start. And, uh, you know, he just he did what, he, what a world champion can do. And he, he was pinpoint accuracy all the way through that final. And you know to see, especially from the from, his, from the yeah, commentary box, you know every lap he was going faster and faster and faster. He was learning, you know. He was he was he, being a rally driver, obviously from his past, uh, which you know not just a rally driver, you know nine times <laughs> world rally champion. Um, you know every corner he was just putting the car where it needed to be. And like I say, I think it was the three fastest laps. Yeah, it was. You know, three fastest laps in one final. You know, I'm not happy with one. I'll go even faster. So, you know, 
Hey, impressive, really impressive. Yeah, we, we, we've mentioned in, in a previous podcast actually about the whole elbows out thing. You know, he's, he's finally got stuck in. What was good here was he didn't have to get stuck in. He won his first semi-final and that put him on the front row. We knew the Riga track was going to be hard to pass out. A few of the drivers said that before. Which isn't impossible. It's not impossible. It's not impossible at any of the circuits, but it's hard. So he needed to be up the front. He won his first semi-final and then he just he knocked it out of the ballpark in the final. It was going to come, wasn't it? I know he wanted it in France. Yeah, everyone wants the whole sort of, you know, Lopens in France thing. But to, to win here in Latvia, interesting, of course, nobody's been here. Okay, the test event, and yes, the Hansons have been here, and when the weather changed, yeah, those 208s were amazing. So you wondered, what did they pick up coming for the test? Ekstrom even said in the press conference afterwards, he was on holiday in Italy, and he kind of regretted that, but he felt he would burn out if he didn't have a break earlier in the season. So some lovely stuff from the top guys, and maybe that made the difference for them. Either way, yeah, Loeb finally got the win in a third FIA World Championship, and we are pretty sure, we, we did some Googling earlier, no one's ever done that before. Uh, but yeah, we do believe Loeb is the first driver ever to win events in three different FIA World Championships. Um, one of the men he's come here to try and beat, of course, is his old World Rally rival, Petter Solberg. Uh, we saw potentially a little bit of a melt meltdown from him this weekend. Let's have a listen to what he said to me at the end of qualifying three. Uh, Petter, we can see the damage to the car. What happened to your visibility? I, can't see, I couldn't see anything. It was uh, demissed completely. And how, after the disqualification in Q2, how does this affect your chances of getting into the semis? Uh, the World Championship and everything is finished. The World Championship is finished? Yeah. So, you know, while it was dramatic, um, it's quite serious, you know, for the, that he's right. That is potentially his championship gone. There's 60 points left on the table in the last two events of the season, uh, but he's handed a huge amount of points to Matthias Ekstrom. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's absolutely massive. It's absolutely massive. Um, I wanted the championship fight to go all the way to the end of the year. I kind of have a bit of a selfish television head on when I say that, in that I always want it to go to the end of the year. I, I sometimes think the fans want it to go to the end of the year. You know, the drivers want to win it as soon as they possibly can. Unfortunately, on this occasion, you know, for, for Petter, it hasn't worked out. For Matthias, it's the total opposite. And, and that's the thing, you, you like it when it goes your way and you don't like it when it goes the others. And yeah, let's, let's get on to this. This is about the stewards. Yeah, stewards' decision in Q2. They have a terribly difficult job. It's a, a job that I would not want. Nobody likes to be on the wrong side of a Schur's decision. Everybody likes to be on the receiving end of a great bit of news. You know, Timothy Arnold on the podium last time out, Christopherson didn't like it. Well, of course he didn't. So, you know, somebody has to judge sports. doesn't matter what sport it is, somebody has to judge it. And what people need to understand at home is that, you know, there's been discussions from the drivers about let's have faster, harsher decisions from the stewards. This year, that's what's been going on in the background. They've got those decisions. Yeah, you're not going to like it when it doesn't go your way. Nobody does. But I think one of the things that I know that Petter privately has spoken to me about is it's the consistency of these decisions but then you've got to look at it's like football you know it's it's the pushing and the shoving in the penalty area or the diving is that a yellow card is that a red card and different referees interpret rules differently so I think the reason that he has been so upset this weekend as far as I understand it is that he doesn't feel it's been a, all the rules have been applied fairly across the, the years from a driver's point of view David what does it feel like you know to get hit up from behind when you're not expecting it and when it doesn't feel fair or to deliver it door to door. It's one of those things isn't it and you know you can see where Pet is coming from but at the same time as a driver you're on the right unless you're in the wrong and somebody's got to make that call haven't they and 
I wouldn't like to be a steward. You're never going to make the call that you're in the wrong, are you? Neither does Andrew Jordan, neither does Guy Wilkes. Whenever I ask any of you in commentary, you always come up with some re- entirely ridiculous excuse as to why you fired someone else off. Now, I'm not saying that's the case in the, on this occasion, but that's the point, is that as a driver, you, it if you're not fast, there's always something a reason why you weren't fast. If you did something wrong, there's always a reason why it's not your fault. Because you're always right. And, you know, at the end of the day, everybody else is wrong. But, you know... You hit the nail on the head there. There's got to be some consistency. And all the drivers, as far as I can see over the last 12 months, have been pushing for bigger reprimands. Now, yeah, something maybe have to be looked at how that reprimand's going to be, be, be sort of classed and, and what is going to be the, the penalty. But at the end of the day, you know, they can't back down. If they're going to make a stand and do something, they've got to follow it through. They can't change it. The other thing that's important here is people often refer back to a previous situation. Oh, yeah, but what about when this happened and that didn't happen? Yeah, I get that. That's great. But at some point, you've, you've got to change it. So you say, right, we want these decisions made now. OK, well, then that's from now on. So you kind of got to take that as a reset. It's all very well going, oh, what about Hansen and Ekstrom back at Hollius when they gave him a penalty of this? Maybe that's the appropriate penalty. Maybe it should have been a five-second penalty, but you've asked for harsher penalties. Harsher penalties have been delivered. Probably no one would have noticed if we'd done it, let's say, at the end of a season. But halfway through a season, everyone said, we want harsher penalties. Fine, you've got them. And it certainly could have affected um, Petter's chances of winning a third consecutive title. Yeah, it could. But you, know, you, can, you, can, have a, you can have a terrible weekend. And Estering is rife for terrible weekends for turn one there's 60 points up for grabs you know let's go forward looking forward to an exciting end to the season and not forget as well all the hard work that's gone in from from Ekstrom to to put himself in a position uh, and and also to capitalize again when it didn't go well for Petter this week and I'm sorry for Petter he's a really good bloke and you know he's been a brilliant double champion he could still be a triple champion very good well from one driver who had a very bad weekend to one who had probably the best Time, time, time. Loeb has smashed it. Sebastian Loeb, you are a legend. So in the inner sanctum of Team Peugeot Hansen, sitting at the table where I think lots of debrief meetings happen, um, Sebastian Loeb's helmet, balaclava and gloves are drying out because they clearly got very wet in the rain today. And I think Sebastian... Sebastian Loeb sitting next to me, just checking messages of congratulations on your phone, is that? Exactly. <laughs> Did you get lots? Um, a few. <laughs> <laughs> it must be a big thing for you. I know that historically you've raced in World Rally Championship, World Touring Cars, even uh, Le Mans. Um, in the context of your career and your life, how do you feel about this one victory? Uh, for sure, I feel uh, very, very happy uh, because uh, it's a tough championship and... Uh, I started this year um, and uh, we were struggling uh, a bit. I was uh, running after this first victory, but uh, couldn't get it. Uh, we had some a few podium, but uh, I think uh, we were not really in, in the position to win uh, a few races ago, and and then we we started really to 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 try hard, uh, the team worked really hard, the engineer tried to find some solutions on, on different levels and uh, we tried to do some testing to improve the car and, and finally I think we, we found something interesting uh, in the, the last time because uh, in Barcelona we were a bit more in the fight, uh, we were competitive here again so it's looking good and um, I'm really happy to win this first victory because uh, also when it's 
one year that you didn't win uh it feels it feels really good uh in the past uh, in rally i was used to to win every weekend but uh, now it's a bit different it was great to be standing on the pre-grid because obviously you just won your semi-final the car comes straight back round, and the car looked like it had just done 100 kilometers of the dakar not six laps in latvia in a forest um but the car was working great what do you think it was about this circuit in particular that you felt suited you and your driving style i think it's a technical circuit uh, where we have also a good grip generally when it was dry uh, on the gravel too so uh, that's something that's used well to to our car and um, then the condition were more more tricky it was very slippy um, i was really not sure that we will be in the game in these conditions because in loyac we had a bit the same type of conditions and we were not in the fight so um, but i was a bit still confident that the improvement we we did since loyac uh, will help us in these conditions and finally we we saw it again so um yeah it was um i had just a perfect balance with my car um and i fe was feeling uh, like in my rally car in the past it was not always the case since the start of the season i was struggling a bit to put the car where i want uh, when i want and and now finally this this weekend um, the feeling was just just perfect and when i spoke to you immediately after the final uh, i'd spoke a little bit about that because we're in the forest it's it sort of feels a little bit more like a rally like a rally stage because you do disappear into the trees and you said that it did remind you a little bit sometimes on the tarmac of maybe a french tarmac rally talk a little bit more about how that makes you feel more confidence in the the handling of the car yeah for sure some some we had a bit more blind corners than we are used to and uh and it was question to to play with the car to be very precise because you had to to play with the the balance of the car with the the slide but this in a very very narrow track because a uh, line because the if you went a little bit out of the line you you lost completely the grip so it was important to have a precise car to to be able to put it exactly where you want and that was how it was today so i started to play with my car to to manage the the slide to to be just on the limit of the grip and and yeah, it, it worked really well. Um, was it a surprise uh, this morning when, I'm sure it was a complete accident, but Timmy Hansen pretty much knocked you off the circuit, your own teammate? Yeah, <laughs> for sure it was a surprise. Uh, I felt a, a push, I, I spun and, and I saw Timmy in the barrier in front of me. So, you know, we have to 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 fight and um, I, I I had to thank him because uh, at the end of the race, because maybe for that I won, uh, because you never know uh, what would have been my position on the start of the semi or, or in the final uh, if this crash didn't happen. <laughs> so, so yeah, we were laughing about it uh, at the end. It's interesting. It's good for me to see as well, because I know historically, certainly uh, in world touring cars, there wasn't always such a good feeling within the team at Citroen about who should and who shouldn't win, who was better, who was quicker. So it, uh, you look much more comfortable here than I've seen you for years. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I, I feel really well here, uh, really well in the team. Uh, I have to say that before I arrived in the beginning of the season, uh, I was a bit afraid because uh, I know I come in a family team with a grandfather uh, is driving the truck, a grandmother is cooking, uh, Suzanne is a team manager, uh, Kenneth is the director and my teammate is the son. So uh, I was a bit afraid if something happened between us, so how it will work. But uh, they are really professional and uh, I have to say that 
we are always treated exactly in the same way. Uh, we have both the chances. When I win in front of Timmy, that they are very happy too. So uh, the atmosphere is great, and uh, I just feel like uh, the the brother in the in the family. So it's uh, no, it's a great feeling. The new older Hanson brother. <laughs> yeah, or, or maybe the brother of Kenneth. Maybe. <laughs> Ah, yeah, uh, somewhere in between. Cousin. <laughs> yeah. oh, we'll say that. So finally, um, in a couple of weeks, we'll be in Estering again. Um, do you think you can repeat this success? Uh, and what do you think of um, the circuit in Germany? Because it's got a very different feeling to this one in Latvia. I know uh, what I heard. You, you need some luck in the first corner. I don't think I was really lucky all the time this season. Uh, so I hope uh, now it's turning in another way. Uh, we'll see there. I... I I tested there. Uh, it's one of the only track on the in the season where I was testing before. So yeah, looking forward to be there. Uh, I think the car was already feeling well at when we tested. Uh, I think now the car is even better. So hopefully we can do something something good there. Well, Seb, for me personally, I was there in 2004 when you won your first World Rally Championship. It's a great pleasure to be here when you win your first World Rally Cross Race. Thank you very much. The wheels up down into turn one. Loeb goes through to the front row of the final in the World Rallycross Championship. Comes over the jump. He's done tons of those, but he has never, ever won a round of the FIA World Rallycross Championship until today. So there we go, Sebastian Loeb. It was really nice for me. I was I was inside the inner sanctum in the area in the. Um, motorhome which is known as Loeb's table right and he's and the second that I'd finished talking to him he'd stripped out of his <laughs> racing suit down to his pants and was just still talking to me like uh, it was like locker room chat so I've just you know what you can't see here on this podcast is that um, I've been next to a very naked Sebastian Loeb <laughs> I don't know if it's good or bad you're not encouraging our new guest are you to get naked Renis Nittish, <laughs> we don't expect you to get naked. Uh, no, no, not now. Too cold outside. So, um, what an absolute pleasure, Renis, to come to Latvia. My first time in Riga, uh, an amazing circuit. You must be exhausted uh, because I know you've had so many demands on you, but also very proud of what has been achieved this weekend. Hopefully not your last time here. But, uh, yeah, that's a pleasure to, to be here and then, uh, like, racing home. For sure, maybe the result is not as as good as me, like professional driver wants to. But uh, but anyway, that crowd, all like all all of them were screaming and really positive. I think gave me a lot of energy to to do our best. I came over here to, to Latvia last year very kindly as a, as a guest of Rainis to to his Lada race. I may have mentioned it, <laughs> um, but it was. It's very strange. You come over, Rainis is, is a big deal here in Latvia. I was talking to a few people about this, and he, he may say this himself, he may not, but I think the population is something like two million, a million of which live in, in and around Riga. And, and this is a big sport here. And one of the people saying to me that Rainis, you know, he was like a big superstar in a world championship. Now the world championships come here to Riga. So, great. I mean, he sent me a picture the other day, him and his hairdresser. They, you know, he has his pictures taken with his hairdresser. He, you're a big deal, Rainis. Yeah, big deal. Actually, she was, she, she was good. I think... Uh, Ten times Latvian champion. Yeah, I didn't know that, but I, when she was cutting my hair, so I was talking with her, and uh, yeah, something new, new friends. Ten times champion of what? Hairdressing. Yeah, in <laughs> Latvia, Latvian championship. I don't know how, how they can measure it, but anyway. It's a nice haircut. Can I see the back just quickly? 
It is a nice haircut. I would make that a champion. Oh, that's all. Yes, you know, it's everything in small details. <laughs> it's more aerodynamic, isn't it? Very nice. What's it been like to be back in this team? Because we're sitting in the in the catering tent and we've had um, Cyril Raymond around us celebrating the RX Lights Championship, and you really did sort of come of age in this team. And now, while you couldn't get the pace in the car, is it nice to be back in a team that feels a bit more like home? Yeah, like when uh, when I went to the race in uh, in Barcelona, I really felt that I am back in the home because I I've been two years here and uh, and uh, we're sitting next to this, this these these tables and uh, Maria, like wife of the bossman, uh, ma making food all the time. That's like homemade. And uh, I was uh, again living in the in the truck in the bus. And uh, these all small details are, I think, really important for me, like like a driver to be to be back on the team, to to know all the people, and uh, more or less everybody talks in English. And uh, back to work with UCP and Monkey, that that was a pleasure. Are you done for the season? Is there anything you can give us a sneaky hint at for next year, or is it all to be decided? Yeah, I think I am done with rallycross this season. We'll be cheering about. Uh, Janis Baumanis in in Germany for sure. I will not go for Argentina. That's uh, that's uh, what I know at the moment. Maybe the plans will change in uh, in uh, in coming days. But uh, but yeah, will be some uh, some new things and uh, some surprises for all spectators this year still. But uh, nothing new about uh, about next year and uh, still talking with everybody and, and trying to find solution. But. Uh, it feels, or I hope, or I want to know what I will do in, in closest weeks. Well, we wish you all the best. It's been a pleasure to be here. And for me, my first time in Riga, uh, what an amazing city. And this circuit is phenomenal. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you for that. And now, um, in fact, moving on to the driver of the car that Reynes vacated a couple of events ago, um, the all-inkle Munich Motorsport Audi S1. Uh, this is uh, Timo Scheider. Timo Scheider, your coffee is steaming, it's a little bit chilly. Even though everything's finished, there's still cars testing their engines behind us. I don't know what that's about. Um, is this something you'll be doing more of in the future? Well, to be honest, um, I do enjoy my time quite a lot right here at uh, RX. And uh, yes, I, I'm fighting for, for some more driving. Um, and uh, a small secret I can announce already, I will be at the final round this year as well. And, uh, in Argentina, so um, the team asked me already to do so, and uh, yeah, that's uh, already the next step to being part of the RX. Yeah, that's a world exclusive on the podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes definitely. <laughs> so that's great. So uh, tell us a little bit, you know, just logistically, how's that going to happen? Which car will you be driving? Actually, it will be the same car. Mm -hmm. That's the plan uh, of René Munich. Um, so we we did well so far for Barcelona and Riga now, and uh, I just would love to do it more. And uh, we talked to each other, and he he was yeah quite open for it and uh, yeah straight away we signed it and yes I have to say I'm looking forward there's a bit of free time in in between I will do my last DTM race uh, in October in Hockenheim for Audi and then uh, yeah coming back here and uh, hopefully we can do another step I know that the final round will be different in terms of um, track and layout and, and circumstances over there but anyway I take the challenge and I try to prepare my best my my personal driving should be adapted to that as well yeah we will see but um, then it's the future discussion starting yeah mm -hmm. and give us an idea because it's interesting having you here and Matthias uh, from the DTM world 
of how different Rallycross is, because I, in the last podcast, Matthias was talking a lot about how that's very sort of clean and in its own place and everything, you know, happens in a specific order. And sometimes it's nice to come to something which is a little bit more crazy, a little bit more loose and a little bit more free. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, you just named it <laughs> like it is. So um, and that I call it circus sometimes the DTM is a kind of circus um, but a real serious circus um, you have every single minute of your weekend is planned by seconds you know and this is uh, something which is in a way pretty good uh, on the other hand I have to say this is yeah uh, making trouble every weekend because um, yeah if you do it as long as Matthias and myself doing it for like 16 years now then for sure at a certain point you you start thinking about like well I have probably done enough of all these meetings and discussions about this and that and uh, sometimes um, I'm just fed up with that to <laughs> be honest but um, then coming here is just like black and white to be honest um, it's all open and free and you just judge the situation by by the circumstance you have at that moment and um, I have to say I like it quite a lot being here because it's more loose more more easy relaxed guys people and driving is also quite uh, rough in a way and on the other hand you have to be sensible um, yeah, and compare that with DTM, I think you can't compare it really because it's just a different world. It's different driving, different behavior of, of how you run a car through the weekend, how you behave uh, from the driver's side. And in the end, there's just one thing. You have an engineer and a car which you have to set up in a way. This is something which is matching together, but uh, everything else is just different. Um, one thing that was very interesting was to see you ahead of Rainus Nittish. Now, obviously, you're not involved in whatever his decisions were, but considering that was the same car did that make you feel good that you are on the right tracks that you were m managing to make that car go quicker than someone who's been doing rallycross as his full-time job since he was a teenager sure this these uh, comments came up uh, from time to time this weekend uh, that for sure René has been part of the team the last couple of uh, races and uh, yeah for me jumping in the car and uh, trying to beat him and to do that in his hometown um, for sure this was something uh, special for the team and for myself as well because I was judged as well a bit on, on, on this um, but in the end of the day it does not mean too much to me um, I think it's more to the team than, than to me but overall uh, I have a good relation to, to René and uh, to, to the other guys in the paddock but yeah for sure uh, I could see that uh, the faces in the team have been quite relaxed when we have been performing a bit better than René but it's it's all about um, you know getting the right fit, isn't it? I guess. And if he's not happy, he needs to move. And, and exactly. you're happy here, and uh, it's clearly working because you're going to be back in the team in Argentina, which is great news. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So I'm really looking forward to this. Is it just the steak? It's just the steak in the Malbec. <laughs> Actually, my my DTM race engineer um, Laurent. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. Johan Christofferson just yes. gave Timo a wet willy as he went yeah, past. Yeah. Well. Um, Laurent just told me uh, many times about the, the steak over there. So he said, you need to push for it to go there to have a proper steak. But in the end, it's not just a steak. In the end, it's just uh, driving passion and, and fun and excitement. This is what I want to have. And this is what I, what I just got here. And uh, I just love it. Yeah, we love having you here, Timo. It's a great pleasure to have you in the championship. Thank you very much. Cheers. All the best. Cheers. So a little bit of a, because <laughs> we got a world exclusive on the uh, official podcast there. We will see Timo Scheider in Argentina. Um, Hal Ridge has joined us. A quick word, Hal, because Cyril Raymond is sitting behind you. Uh, tell us how significant it is that he's come in 
fresh face beginning of this year and he's run away with it in a way. It's impressive because his main rival Thomas Brinderson is, is no mean operator. He's, he showed what he can do against Kevin Erickson and Kevin Hansen next year who obviously go, have gone on to do great things in supercar. So to beat Thomas in the way he has done has, has been impressive. But more impressive still is, is Cyril's career. He's, he moved from karting to circuit racing in France but then saw rallycross as a real career opportunity so did a twingle r1 cup in the french championship the prize for which was to race a super 1600 car in the super 1600 championship in france which he won again but then the interesting thing is that there was nowhere further for him to go he did a couple of rounds with paillet competition in france with a supercar and won, which was impressive but that's not a career progression did a couple of lights rounds last year with omsi did a full season this year in his one and i think really he has the opportunity now to build on that and move to supercar, whereas historically in rallycross, that career progression hasn't been there, and I think that's really significant in this. Yeah, it's fantastic to see, isn't it? And making comparisons to the two previous champions, Kevin Erickson and Kevin Hansen, yeah, they've both gone on to do well. It proves lights is, is kind of a good learning ground. I do feel Cyril's up against it a little bit compared to the guys. That's to take nothing away from either of the Kevins, but of course they got to race in Argentina with, let's say, a flyaway entry. Cyril's got to go and race at the Estuary against a, a big entry, and that's a tricky old place, Hal, as well, isn't it? It is, yeah. The first corner there is a lottery, as, as everybody refers to a lot. But Cyril's testing here tomorrow in Latvia. He has experience with the circuit, obviously, from this weekend, and he's getting straight in a supercar, so he'll be able to find the transition a, a lot easier because of that, I think. And we shouldn't forget he does have supercar experience. The French Championship's one of the best domestic championships in the world, and he's won there too. So I think Brinderson had, has had one previous supercar experience in Argentina where they had a few problems with the, with the polo when he raced last year and maybe couldn't have capitalised on the opportunity like Cyril can. If Cyril can have four clean qualifying races in... In Germany, he can certainly be in the semi-finals, I think. Okay, so we're talking about Germany next round. Uh, let's park Cyril Raymond for a little while. He's literally sitting over there. You can hear his voice in the background now. But let's carry on with the subject of Estering, Germany, next round. Only two weeks away. What can we expect? What are we looking forward to? If, if people are listening to this who've never seen Rallycross at the Estering, just summarise it in one sentence. Let's hope I've got my voice back because turn one is carnage. <laughs> It's one of the traditional rallycross venues. Uh, it's wonderful to come to these new facilities. The guys here in Latvia have done an amazing job. But it's, for me, it's also nice to go back to the, the venues that have been in the calendar for a very long time. There's a lot of passionate fans that go there. The racing is always brilliant. The last corner joker makes it very different from a lot of the other circuits we go to. It'll be interesting to see if we see uh, Petter and Matthias coming very close to each other on that joker merge like we've seen before. Right, of course, we've had one of the closest hist uh, finishes in rallycross history there. Uh, but, you know, it's a really challenging track, as Hal said. The Armco's super close on both sides. Uh, last year, when Genet was so dominant there, we, for that domination, he was clipping the Armco on the way round. You know, I mean, it's... It's, it's a hell of a place and we all joke about turn one okay it's, it, it's tricky because it's a funnel you go from five down to four down to three wide it goes from tarmac to gravel just as everybody's nudging each other and then it's like an uphill right hand up there's been some great stuff there we've seen some, liam doran's amazing move all the way around the outside a few years back and 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 you know you get some unusual results for extram you know do you really want to go there when you've got a healthy lead in the championship? On the other hand, with a healthy lead in the championship, he can sit back if he wants and go, do you know what? I've not got to kill it in turn one. I'll, I'll just follow him around, do my joker nicely. So it, this could still go to the last round. Uh, well, listen, we will see all of you next time in Germany, next round. Thank you very much for downloading and listening to this. Of course, you can keep across everything we do in World Rallycross with hashtag WorldRx. Uh, and of course, don't forget, there was plenty of exciting action in the European Rallycross Championship, and you can watch the full show on YouTube. Just 
Search ERX on YouTube. Thank you very much. I've been Neil Cole, and see you in Books the Hooder.